no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. On episode four, we will preview the upcoming Bears season and make our predictions for what happens in 2020 and much more. Hey, Dub. What's the good word, brother? All good, man. How about you, Prez? Hanging in there, man. About to uh, open up this uh, Sunday morning beer. You know how we do. Going to drink this Prohibition Pills from Ken's Lager Brewery. What about you? About to do the same thing, man. Crack me one open as well. That's what's up, brother. Oh, man, we got a special guest, listeners, Buzz on Tap from the On Tap Sports Network. Buzz, talk to him. What's up, guys? I don't have a beer because I tied one on last night, but I know we're doing this. We're recording so you can see me. I got a, I got a thing of 70-proof creek water here, so you guys are cracking your beer. I'll take, some, I'll take a little hit of whiskey. There you go. There you go. Start our day off real nice. Woo. That's right, man. Sounds like you're doing your Labor Day weekend right, too, over there. Absolutely, man. Grilled out yesterday. Uh, drank a little bit too much, brought a TV outside, watched the Sox, uh, you know, get a, get a victory there and yes, uh, kind of hung out, man. That's what's up, man. Yeah. I know for me, I, I was telling a dub before you jumped on, I said, dude, I, I, I basically met up with one of my friends. We were supposed to have just a couple and you know, that's like the, the, the last word with that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet I've been there too, man. Where I said yesterday, I'm not going to drink a lot, man. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to grill and got the, you know, got the two-year-old running out there and my wife, you know, had the newborn out in her little rock and play outside. We have a pretty decent sized patio and my cousin came over to meet the baby and I was like, I hey, mean, we're just gonna have a couple beers before I know it. I'm through a, you guys ever see like those little, like nine packs of those tall Miller light bottles. Like yep. you could the screw top. Yep. I got through that. And I, I was like, man, I'm like, what did I just do? <laughs> like, not, <laughs> I I'm like, man, I haven't drank since the baby's been born. So I was like, Oh, I, I tied on a couple, man. So uh, I slept, I slept pretty good. Uh, that's for sure. There you go, man. How, how's the look? How's, how's the newborn, man? She's doing good, man. She's doing good. She, I can't complain. She sleeps through the night. She's a, uh, you know, good baby. Uh, my two-year-old had a little bit of an adjustment period to her, but it seems like she's doing well now. So it, it's cool, man. It, everything's going well over here. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I'm sure that two-year-old is probably not used to the attention being diverted, you know? I, I spoiled the shit out of her. So when the baby came around, uh, she didn't really know how to handle it. So I've been kind of trying to do, you know, uh, father daughter time is with her as much as I can, just so she does not feel you know left out or whatever. But all it's all been good. She's uh, two weeks old now. Two year olds used to her. Smooth sailing. Yep. There you go. Well, man, before we get into this uh, episode, man, talk to our audience a little bit about you know your network and you know some of the things you guys are working on over there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm with the OnTap Sports Network. Me, uh, Tony Marchese, and Johnny Nani. Basically, that's his name, Johnny Nani. If anybody's not familiar. Um, but we, we started that network uh, about 
last April. So we've been, you know, operating for over a year now. Um, you know, we have all Chicago sports stuff on deck. We do some, uh, we do fantasy. Um, we just started up a wrestling section because during COVID when sports were gone, the only thing that seemed to be going on was, you know, wrestling. So a couple of our writers are into that. We have podcasts for every single team we do, uh, you know, during the seasons, there's a, always a post game show after any game. So whether it's Sox, Cubs, Bulls, Blackhawks, Bears, whatever, there's always a post game show podcast. And yeah, we have a bunch of, you know, good articles that are written up over there. So, uh, we've been doing that, man. And you know, our mantras drink beer and watch sports. So that's what it is. Crack them. Yeah. Right. Crack them all day. Well, man, well, we're definitely glad to have you on, man. Let's get into this episode. So fellas, there's a lot to unpack here with this bears team. You guys saw the announcement that was leaked out Friday night. We know who the week one starter is going to be. How do you guys feel about the choice? And how did you guys feel about that quarterback competition? For me, I, uh, I I thought it was going to be Mitch from the beginning and um, whether or not, I know a lot of people get mad. Like I'm looking at and being a conspiracy theorist here, you know, Oh, well, you know, there's no, there's no way they're going to sit their first round pick. That's not going to happen. And I thought that from the beginning. Now, if Mitch actually outperformed Nick Foles, Awesome. But we as fans can't, I can't say he did because I don't, I didn't see anything. I've only gotten secondhand information. It's not like we had a preseason to actually form our own opinions and thoughts and to evaluate the play on the field. And that's, what's horrible. Like this is going to be the first time in my lifetime. I'm 29 years old that I will not be going to soldier field. I have season tickets. I've had them since I was born. My dad had them. He passed them down to me. Um, I've had them myself solely for about six, seven years. But, um, you know, it's the first time I haven't really got to go to a preseason game. I always make sure I hit one just so I can kind of evaluate the talent that's on the field. And yep. I haven't been able to do that. So if they say that Mitch is the guy, I do think that there's a little bit of pride in that decision through Ryan Pace. And I could be wrong on that. Maybe Mitch did outperform Foles. I, I don't know. But I, I wasn't surprised, I guess, is uh, is, is my main thing. I, I thought that Mitch would win the job. And I guess he, it's his to lose at this point. Yeah, man. I, and I'll say to this, man, as a because I'm also a, a season ticket holder. This was a tough like offseason for us. Right. So we we don't have bourbon. A. They took that from us. <laughs> so yeah, we couldn't get out there. Yeah, that was so ridiculous. But then, like you said, no preseasons, because I always try to get out there for one game, too, because it's always good to get that up close look at what's going on. And everything that we're getting, all the reports, they're all coming from reporters and the reporters, it sounds like don't really have much access either. So really good points. Yeah. That's the annoying part. You know, we we're going off the words of like, you know, I mean, I, I like Zach Pearson a lot, you know, Zach Pearson's a nice guy. I've met him quite a few times. Um, we're going off words from reporters like that. And, you know, in a lot of the reports, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure you've seen the same thing. You know, you guys are putting a podcast out, you have to do your homework, you know? So it's like, all I've seen is it's close. That didn't make me feel any better, man. No. That made me feel oh. bad. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, like, <laughs> I, I think about it and I'm like, okay, this line wasn't good next year or last year, right? Shitty, to be honest with you. And we're going to put Nick fresh. Fold back there. He's going to die. He's going to yeah. die. If he wins the job, yeah. he's dead week one. He's not yeah, mobile. He's, he's a statue. Right. So <laughs> then if, if Foles wins the job, he's dead week one. I mean, I'm talking not injured. He's dead. He died. <laughs> so deceased. Then you're, you're deceased. And then you have Mitch come in. And Mitch was so effective in 2018. Why? Because he used his legs a lot. He didn't do that in 2019. And I still can't understand that. I think it's because Nagy wants to make him a pocket passer or whatever Nagy wants to do with him. And he's on my shit list too. Is Mitch bad or is Mitch not being utilized where he should be? It was Foles actually a real, 
you know, a competitor for that starting job, because I, I know I'm kind of get, getting on a rant here, but I've never talked to you guys before and I'm having fun. So I was like, yeah, I wanted Cam Newton. I wanted Cam Newton. You know, we don't go and get Cam Newton. He's the best of both worlds there. I know he was hurt. I understand he had some issues, but dude, mobile, check. Pocket passer, check. Let's go trade for Nick Foles. Okay. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Cam Newton would have brought some swagger to that offense. I mean, come on. He would have brought that juice that we needed. He would have made the Bears cool again. Well, I got to disagree with you guys on this here. Let's back up off my boy Nick Foles. All right. Let's <laughs> you guys are jumping all over Nick Foles here. Let me tell you something. The Eagles don't win that chip without Nick Foles. Both of you guys know that already. No chip without Nick Foles for the Eagles. All right. Now let's throw, let me throw this out there, right? With Nick Foles. Now, Nick Foles came to us, right? With a championship pedigree, right? Did very well for the Eagles. Um, not sure what he's going to bring for Chicago because we don't know yet with these three weeks that went on, right? No joint practices, no preseason games. Um, they're splitting training camps, uh, reps down the middle between he and um, Mr. Bisky. So it was hard to see who really won that battle, right? Because right now, I really don't know. Well, that, right. that's all fault of organization really with that like you said Nagy, right that falls on negative it's that close but the reason they decided to go with mitch right it's on a few accounts here right let's consider a couple things here mitch has done very well against detroit lions right not saying he's the best of the greatest around that he's done well had a good career going against those guys um three and one his last four starts against them also gotta look at the fact that nick Foles really didn't have a lot of time building his uh, camaraderie with the team right he comes on board with this unit here trying to learn the team trying to learn these guys something that Mitch already has. So really, everything was favored for Mitch over Foles anyhow. The whole environment, the whole you know, um, chemistry, the history, it's all there. And one thing I want to throw out there to you guys about Nagy and Foles, one thing to consider, Nagy has called plays for Mitch the past couple of years. Nagy has not called plays for Nick Foles. So that'll be something new for Nick Foles to learn and grasp down the road. But like you said, right now, Mitch is in the, in the seat right now. It's his job to lose. But I'll tell you right one thing, Nick Foles is right there waiting if he screws up. And also, Nick Foles has some history coming off the bench. We've seen it again with the Eagles coming off the bench, way done well. So he has success like that. He's also has some good success right now talking to the team on the sideline that Nagy likes. So keep these things in mind as part of why they may have gone with um, Mr. Bisky over Nick Foles. But to your point, you know, a lot of guys on the hot seat right now with everything um, when it comes down to this. Nagy's, of course, being viewed, he's on the hot seat uh, because this this um, quarterback battle here. So all these guys are being looked at. Yeah, and you know what, A Dub, I do I do agree with part of what you said there at the end. However, when it comes to Foles, what exactly did he do in Jacksonville last year? He got his job taken from him by Gardner Minshew, right? Six round pick, bro. That's that's pretty bad. And I even told you, man, when we traded the fourth round pick and guaranteed Nick Foles twenty one million, I didn't like the move when they did it. Um, I didn't think that he was going to give Mitch any real competition. And we see what they said, right? They said it was a very underwhelming competition. I think a move like Cam Newton would have moved the needle a little bit. That would have been a competition. It was such I mean, a low look, risk, high reward thing. If you would have signed Cam Newton, in my opinion, you know, and uh, obviously that's all water under the bridge. Now that's not going to happen. It can't happen. No. With the Patriots, but you know, saying about uh, and not to not to discredit anything that you said, AW, you made a lot of great points, and we're brothers now because I'm on this pod. We're talking, we've shared a drink. <laughs> but saying saying how Mitch Trubisky has beat the Detroit Lions, that's like saying who dropped the d- biggest turd, man. Detroit is horrible. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> They're always horrible, so I can't get behind that part because 
you should beat Detroit. You have like a top five defense. I mean, you have to be just this much competent. And if you are, you could beat Detroit. So if he wasn't able to do that, oh, I don't yeah. know. I will say that's more for Trubisky to set him up for success. Not so much against Nick Foles. It's more <laughs> they made the same for with Trubisky, right? They want to make it look good. Right. I got yeah. you. I would say it back to Buzz's point about the Lions. Matt Patricia is a garbage coach. He makes Mitch Trubisky look like fucking Tom Brady out there. <laughs> I forget. Oh, God, dude. It's, I'm like, it's so bad. We know that Mitch can't read the defense, but why does he shred the Lions? Because the like, Lions are just garbage. I mean, they're a garbage organization from top to bottom. They're just bad. You know, they've been bad my whole life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're just bad. They're, they're, you know, they're Jacksonville, but of the NFC. Yep. Right. But, That's point. Good comparison. But A-Dub, I will, because I'm not going to jump on you all the way on what you said, because you made a hell of a good point about the fact that that shortened offseason with COVID and everything, that played into Mitch's advantage with this situation. Because as you guys both saw, Mitch was here. He was throwing balls to Miller and Robinson, and he was getting together with Cohen. So he had that rapport with the team while Foles was in Florida having a, you know, a baby with his wife. So he didn't have that opportunity with the team. you know. And I would say this. The coaching staff did seem that they were impressed with what Mitch was doing out there in training camp. They said that he was making better decisions. Uh, they liked that he was being more, you know, patient in the pocket. Uh, Buzz, you brought up the fact of, like, it seems like Nagy wants to turn Mitch into a pocket passer. That's not his game. In 2018, when we saw Mitch having some level of success, we had moving pockets for Mitch, and Mitch was getting out and making plays with his legs. That's the Mitch that I want to see in 2020. Uh, I agree with you. And that's what it should be. I mean, come on, like, let's think about it here. Like in your day, like, so in my, in my day job, I'm in management, right? So in my day job, I have to adapt to certain people to get the most out of them and doing the job that they're trying to do. What makes a good coach should not be forcing your system onto somebody. It should be adapting to what their strengths are to win football games. And I think the reason I get so pissed off at Nagy about all of this is it's, it's pretty simple. Your defense is so good that you need to put your stubbornness away on the system that you want to run and run something that benefits the guy that your GM traded up for. And 2018, I know it was like through the first nine games, they did cool off considerably after the first nine games in 2018. But that offense was, I mean, on fire, absolutely on fire. And you went away from that. You, you, you went away from all of that and you started trying to make Mitch a pocket passer and, and doing all this stuff that he's not comfortable doing. Let him play his game. He doesn't have a good, I mean, he's got a hell of an arm, but he doesn't have the accuracy to pull off some of this down the field stuff. Like he's not yeah. Patrick Mahomes. All right. Like he, that's not what he's not Deshaun Watson. He's not right. those guys and you need to play up to his strength. I'm not saying he's a horrible court. I'm not saying he's even a bad quarterback. He's just, He's a Bears quarterback, guys. I mean, this this is what happens. You know, this this is what happens. It's just this is our life, sadly, Buzz. Right. It, it is. I mean, you know, I got into an argument on Twitter the other day with this guy because I said that Jay Cutler was a national treasure. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I say that and I I stand by those words just because in my lifetime, I understand people didn't, you know, Jay, they want Jay to be a role model. Well, everybody loves Charles Barkley, and he made a damn commercial saying he's not a role model. You know, I mean, yep. Jay's just an asshole. That's just who Jay is. Just yep. it's his, you know, it's whatever, but he came out to play. He was a good quarterback. That was the best quarterback I've ever seen. I think Mitch has the talent. I bet I want to clarify that was the best quarterback I've ever seen wear a Bears uniform, not not 
forever, <laughs> not, not, not across the league, but uh, yeah. with Mitch, I think Mitch has the talent. I mean, he's got the arm, he's got the speed. I, I think, and he's got confidence. I mean that we have to give him that he's got confidence. If he could put it all together and his coach can get the most out of him, I, I think we could be a winning football team. I really do. To your point, man, it comes down to Nagy not being stubborn, running the fucking football, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. Taking some pressure off of him and keeping the defense fresh because you guys both know this. There were so many fucking three and outs uh, last season. And the defense was just on the field, like majority of games. So we need to run the ball. We need to be smart with, on offense and let the defense basically be the catalyst, but the offense has to step up and do a little bit too. 100% agree. And, and to your point of running the football, dude, like, think about it. We don't know what we're going to get out of David Montgomery. He's He was hurt, you know, yep. and I mean, who's backing him up, guys? I mean, if we're looking at this 53-man roster and well, I'm going to get mad again, I'm going to get mad again because it's Montgomery who's questionable because he's hurt, Tariq Cohen and Cordero Patterson and Ryan Nall. A Who, fucking kickoff returner. Right. Please spare me. The Ryan, oh man, Ryan Null is so good in, in Bourbon A when they were there. He's just so good in preseason. Ryan Null can catch out of the backfield. He can run. Guys, so Tanner Gentry was supposed to be the next Randy Moss, according to some yeah. Bears fans that were down in Bourbon A. It's just, it's just, you know, that guy's going hard. I'm not saying he's not talented, but he's he shouldn't be on our depth chart. Cordero Patterson, I mean, if Montgomery gets hurt, we are screwed. And the fact that we didn't go after Fournette when the Jags let him go, it that that killed me a little bit. Well, what what did Nagy say, Dub? Uh, Nagy said uh, we like Ryan Nall. Meanwhile, the fucking Bucks go out and sign Leonard Fournette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a big mistake there, man. I'm not sure what our Bears are thinking around that part of it. Um, I think they're plotting on the fact that it's only two weeks, maybe without um, without Montgomery. But as you know, Prez, we talked about this already. You never know how long it's going to be with injuries. You never know. It's a growing injury right now, right? And that can be a nagging thing for about another, what, four or five weeks. So you yep. never really know with a season like that. Or it could stretch out through the season. You never know, right? Yeah, it, it's crazy. And then you think about where Leonard Fournette went because Nagy's like, well, I really like our running back room. You know, you could like those guys, man. That's fine. You want to go have a beer with them? You want to go get a fucking steak? Great, <laughs> great. Like, it's not... I don't care if you like them, evaluate the talent. Cause now go look at an NFC division or not a divisional opponent. I'm sorry, but an NFC opponent that might be in your way. If you do get to the playoffs and that's Tampa Bay, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna tell me you couldn't fit Fournette in your depth chart. He couldn't, he couldn't come in the running back room and Tampa yeah. Bay model Jones, uh, shady and Leonard Fournette. That's like yep. some bad and shit where you messed with the salaries. So you could put the best players on your team. That's what that is. <laughs> They definitely did the edit player on that shit. No, right, dude. It is just like I, I'm so guilty of that. By the way, like I remember, I used to do that as a kid all the time. I'd give like a one million dollar contract, and I'd have all the best wide receivers on the team. But for some reason, I didn't give a shit who my quarterback was. So I had Jim Miller back there throwing to Randy Moss and like Joe Horn and shit. <laughs> but I just don't. I I, I really I, I didn't get that move. Um, and and to your point, dude. If because if we don't run the ball. And we kind of did what we did last year. We're going to be sitting ducks again with all these three and outs. You, you know, the running, I, I hate saying, well, running the football, it's just Chicago bears football. It's like, yeah, that's always been Chicago bears football, but it also makes sense. It's not all gelling together within the offensive system just to throw the ball on every down. We need to run it. And yeah. with this running back room, I just, if, if Montgomery goes down, you're asking a lot of Tariq Cohen and Cordero Patterson. And I, I just don't think that those guys are the guys that are going to, 
be able to get us first downs in crucial moments. Tariq Cohen, he's fucking Mr. East West. Like, I'm like, fucking go off the field, brother. Like, <laughs> Tariq Cohen seems to be more of a catcher in the backfield than more of a runner. So we don't have anyone that can pound that ball up the middle. One thing I wanted to touch on, because you brought up a good point, A-Dub, about injuries, right? So we, we have this injury situation with David Montgomery that we definitely need to keep an eye on. Also, another injury that's kind of concerned me, and no one's really spoke about it much, was Hakeem Hicks with this quad injury. He missed 13 days of practice. At first, I thought, as just a veteran and maybe just trying to get out of camp. But I wonder, do you guys think it's something there with that injury? I mean, we see Hakeem Hicks missed 11 games last season. Does that worry you guys at all? Scares the shit out of me, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I'm hoping it's not much. As you guys both know, Eddie Goldman opted out because of COVID. And we we need Akeem Hicks to be fully healthy. So I'm feeling that if this quad injury was, let's say, like medium severe, right? And they just gave him two weeks off of practice because they liked what he saw they saw before. And they just let him rest his body until, you know, game time's coming. I'm okay with that. I don't want to overreact and think that the quad injury is horrible, but you guys know how a quad injury is. I mean, that's another lingering issue. It could be another lingering injury throughout a season. And obviously he's in one of, if not the most crucial spots on the defense, most active spots on the defense, trying to break through the line for sacks. I mean, he's well out of wear and tear on that body. I hope it's not severe. I hope he's, you know, okay. And they're just giving him time off, but that could be a huge issue. Cause if you go to down Akeem Hicks, you're looking at Belial Nichols and Roy Robertson Harris. You need them to step up big time because, like I said, no Eddie Goldman. If there's no Hakeem Hicks, you're in trouble there. You guys both saw what happened last year with no Hakeem Hicks. That was a neutralized Khalil Mack, and we don't want to see that again. No, no, no. That would be that would be absolutely terrible. I mean, I do feel that Robert Quinn uh, will be a little bit obviously. Well, I think he's an upgrade over um, Leonard, Leonard Floyd, and I like and I loved Leonard Floyd. I he was such a nice guy. Like, and that's what sucks about, I got to talk to him a couple times at the games because I'm in the North end zone. So we're the, we're the bears. Oh, you're right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. I'm six rows up from the field. So I would walk down and just, I've talked, I gotten to talk to players throughout like, you know, the careers Tillman or lacquer Briggs, you know, uh, Cuddy once he, and he was actually kind of nice guy, but I, I really liked Leonard Floyd and, and sucks. It didn't work out with him, but I do think that in this defense, I think Robert Quinn is an upgrade. So I hope that frees up Khalil Mack as well, or vice versa. But we need that presence in the middle. And, and to your point, they could both struggle if if uh, Akeem's not there because I, I just don't think that Roy Roberts Harris or or Akeem Hicks or I'm sorry, um, Belial Nichols can be can be that effective. I, I think they're good players, but I don't. They're not on the level that Hicks is. I'm looking at what's going to happen against Detroit. Right? If he can't play against Detroit, then I will be concerned at that point. But right now, I think it's more a precaution. We want to come into the season healthy. We're not going to put too much extra strain on a minimal practice that we've been having here, right? In this three-week time frame with the practices, there's no preseason, any of that stuff. So it's like, really, we've been more cautious with him than we've ever been because of his history. So I think right now, taking it easy on him is probably the best thing for him. But I'm hoping that game one against Detroit, they'll give us more of a good key if he's really healthy. That's a good point, man. I just think, man, with that size, 330 pounds with a quad injury, I mean, that's something that worries me. Allen Robinson was another guy that we saw miss some time in camp with the angle injury. Also, I'm just going to bring this up to you guys. Why the fuck hasn't he been extended yet? What is going on there? I don't think that they want to pay a wide receiver if they don't know who's throwing to him. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> they're going to have to tear this shit down again offensively and cut, you know, I, maybe that's why. I don't know. Maybe they're far apart on the number. I don't know. I just, I'm a huge fan of Allen Robinson. 
I think that his numbers have been nothing short of fantastic mm-hmm. um, since he's been here. And I mean, you want to talk about shitty luck in the NFL, huh? Blake Bortles <laughs> and Mitch Trubisky. I'm not trying to hate on Mitch too bad, but this guy has top 10, top five wide receiver written all over him. His hands are like fucking glue. You know, I, he's, he's fantastic. And unfortunately I don't think he's getting extended I don't think the bears know what they're doing. I could be wrong or they're apart. They're far apart because I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, Keenan Allen got yep. a four year extension worth $80 million. I Keenan Allen's very good. He's very, very good. I think that Allen Robinson is right on par, maybe a little bit under, but right on par. So you kind of see that four year, $80 million extension for Keenan Allen. And you kind of think maybe ballpark with Allen Robinson, maybe a little bit less, not drastically less, but maybe a little bit less. And I don't, you know, I don't know why the bears haven't pulled the trigger yet. I just, I I hope they do. I I don't want to see him go anywhere because that just means that the wide receiver room regresses. I mean, tenfold because in that room, it's that room is not all that great either. You have, you've got Allen Robinson and hopefully that Anthony Miller can stay healthy. Then you have, after that, it's a drop-off Ted Ginn jr. Javon Wims, Riley Ridley, who is a fourth round pick that we don't even get to see play. Right. And, and, And then Darnell Mooney who's a speedster. I'd be very shocked if we saw him on, you know, unless it was like a hail Mary at the end of the game type thing, you know, um, <laughs> I, I just, I don't really, I don't, I don't really know what their, their plan is with a Rob, but I hope they, I hope they keep him. I, I really do. I think he's a great player. You brought up a good point about Keenan Allen's deal. Also remember Amari Cooper also signed a, a deal that had an annual uh, value over 20 million as well. So yeah. we're seeing that wide receiver group. These guys are getting paid and we know how the bears are. I have a feeling that they're going to let this guy walk. Alan Robinson sent out a tweet yesterday that he deleted earlier today saying there's been no offers for him to have to play hardball with the team. on. He's kind of throwing a shot out there. Yeah. I mean, I would too. I mean, he's done a lot for the team in the two seasons that he's been here. I don't get it. If the bears don't want to pay any offensive players, you know, and they want to pay everybody on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, who, I mean, honestly, guys, let's sit here and think about it. Fifth year, Fifth year options been declined on Mitch Trubisky. He's not, I don't care if he balls out. He's not going to get a crazy contract for next year. If, if nope. he balls out, it's going to be right. like a, can you do it again type deal? You know what I mean? Who are we paying on this offense? Jimmy Graham. No <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know what? Man, thinking of this whole thing with A-Rob, um, I think the Bears are actually trying to wear this whole thing out through the end of the season, see if they look like who's going to be the quarterback, who's going to be what. Like you mentioned earlier, right, about who's going to be the quarterback. I can't even say Mitch is going to finish out the entire season as the quarterback. So we don't even know that far right there. Either way, that does not have anything to do with A-Rob. Not A-Rob's fault about who's throwing to him. It's more about, hey, this is what we got to deal with, this is what we got to work with. But from an A-Rod standpoint, he has been a leader of that unit when it comes to our wide receivers. He's actually taking them offline, taking them off with him, actually worked out with them offline um, over the offseason with those guys before he came back to training camp. So he's been doing a part with that, getting the camaraderie together, bringing the groups together. And I, I'm not sure the Bears even see that part. So they do see it. They're not saying anything about it. Um, I hope they understand his value to this team because um, right now he's helping these young core, right? You mentioned out there we have Darnell Mooney, these guys who are watching A-Rob. He's helping those young guys. So I hope they consider that when they give him a contract. Like you said, with Allen, he's not that far off. Uh, depending on who's throwing to him, right? We had a Tom Brady somebody throwing to him, probably even better than he should look better than just as good as Allen. We had that going on. With that, we have to consider all the factors. I know Nagy's talking about we consider all the factors come to this quarterback. 
he needs to consider all the factors when it comes down to the wide receiver core as well. What that looks like for A-Rob, the double teams he's probably going to experience in, in this coming season, he's going to get double teamed. They're going to put some pressure on him. They know he's the weapon out there. So they got to consider all these factors of his impact to the team. That's a fair point. One thing that I wanted to throw out to you guys just on this topic, what position group uh, excites you guys the most? So I know Buzz kind of talked a little bit about the receiver position, which I hope we can get into a little bit later on. But what group excites you guys the most? I think the tight ends. Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet. I know Jimmy Graham's not the Jimmy Graham that he once was, but, I mean, let, let's be real here, guys. I mean, who's been our tight end the last couple of years? You know, Trey Burton. Trey Burton. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I can't get I can't get excited about that. I mean, he you know he didn't he didn't play pretty much at all last year. We had a real hard time in the tight end room last year, and I think that we do have you know two or three tight ends on this squad that are are pretty decent. I mean, I think Demetrius Harris is good. I think Jimmy Graham is still good, and I think Cole Komet has a lot of upside. I think that the tight end room and dual tight end sets is going to be a problem out on the field. I really do. I think there's some size there, and there's some speed there. There's some good hands there. And, you know, I think it's going to be an upgrade over what it was. That So I'm, I think I'm most excited about the tight ends, right, uh, at this point on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, I could say outside linebackers with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, but I wanted to take a different answer because I didn't want to sound like, you know, everybody else was like, oh, yeah, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. No, yeah, they're going to fucking eat, no doubt. But uh, I guess tight ends would have to be my pick just because I think it's uh, been drastically upgraded. I know a lot of people would look down on that, that, that when we got Jimmy Graham, people were looking at his salary and all those things like, wow, a lot of money. And with that, they were like, what is he going to bring? He had a down year over there with uh, Green Bay, right? Didn't go so well for him in, in, in that group. But coming to the Bears, I've been hearing a lot. Again, we haven't seen anything, but I've been hearing a lot from the team about how these um, two tight ends, Kmet and Graham, how they've been dominating the practices. I mean, um, they actually have the safeties trying to come up to help out because those guys have been so dominant in practice. So just seeing that group right there, these tight ends, how Commit has been growing, learning the game. He's learned a lot from Graham, how he's ready to play. So we got two tight ends who are actually ready to play now. So with that, I'm excited too because now they at least give Trubisky or Foles another weapon on the offensive side. And again, this minimizes the excuse for saying, hey, why can't we get somebody open? <laughs> we got two guys right here who's able to get open. Let's utilize these weapons here. So I'm excited for this group too and to see how Mitch or Foles work with this unit. One thing, because I agree with both you guys with the tight end position, and that's like that's I think that's going to be a sleeper position for us. Remember when Tariq Cohen in that playoff game against the Eagles, how he was neutralized? He was neutralized because we the the whole week the game plan was surrounding Trey Burton being available, and when Tariq Cohen had the attention from the safety on him, the safety shut him down. So I think the key for the season for us is having tight ends that can actually get Tariq Cohen back. Or having linebackers covering him when he comes out of the backfield, because that's where I think he's the most dangerous. So you guys bring up a good point about that tight end group. And I will tell you this, Cole Komet, I think is going to be really good for this offense. Yeah. I've, I've read a lot of good things about Cole Komet and over at, uh, you know, shameless plug here over at on tap, we have a Notre Dame podcast. And um, obviously I don't do that podcast cause I hate Notre Dame, but we have some guys that work for us <laughs> that really like Notre Dame, but um, they were covering him last year. And they were over the moon and they were talking, I mean, weeks before the draft, like the bears need to get him. They're over the moon about him. And of course I was talking that shit, like Notre Dame sucks. They suck. So oh, I don't want him because it sucks, you know, in Notre, because I hate Notre Dame, but um, 
they were right. And I have to give them credit. So when they listen to this and they make fun of me for saying that they were right, <laughs> maybe edit that out. Actually, I don't want them to know that, <laughs> but uh, they've said nothing but good things. They said that his route running was good. They said that his hands was good. And they said that he could, he could block decently. He needs to work on that, but he's uh you know, he is a complete player. And um, you know, to your point, working with a guy like Jimmy Graham, you know, learning some tricks of the trade in his rookie year with a former all pro tight end. I think it's going to be very beneficial for his career. I think it's going to be very beneficial for this season. And I'm, I'm truly excited about it. I think that, you know, Cole Komet's going to be a problem and uh, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think they were right in drafting him because the night that they did, I was pissed and I was pissed. But uh, everything I've read from writers and, and friends that have been able to attend these, these practices is Cole Komet's the real deal. Holy field, man. So I'm, I'm stoked for that. I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I, I'll be looking forward to checking out that podcast that you guys have on the network there. Um, oh, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> hey, all good, brother. It was funny when, when, when he was going in. I'm like, man, I'm going to let buses keep going. Keep going. <laughs> bad, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be texting you during the football season. <laughs> of course, you got my number. I, was just, I, I, I don't know why I hate him so much, dude. I, I think it's because, you know, it's the asshole in me because everybody loves him. So I think when I was a kid, I was just like, okay, everybody loves you. I don't like you. You know, like, yeah. I think that's just kind of what it was. But I'm such an Illinois homer in like all aspects of my life. Like it's U of I. I didn't go to U of I. Actually, I didn't even go to college, <laughs> you know. But like, I just, I just never liked him. I'm more... Big Ten kind of dude and rock from there, you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, for me, I like Illinois hoops. I oh, was really yeah. excited when, when Lovey took over the football program, but I was just expecting more, man. So just one yeah. of those things. Yeah, me too, man. I was I was hoping more too. But hey, that Illinois basketball don't look too bad. I okay back. Yep, yep. <laughs> back to the, the Bears talk. So you brought up briefly, Buzz, about the wide receiver position. Let's mm-hmm. Let's tackle that one real quick. So – Obviously, A-Rob is our, is our guy. But outside of A-Rob, I mean, we have an inconsistent Anthony Miller and a bunch of younger type players. Let's delve into that position a little bit. Like, is that a position that fans should be worried about a little bit? Or is there another position that we should be looking at? I think I'm worried about running back more than I am wide receiver. Um, but I am also terrified of wide receiver, the wide receiver room. We have, An- we have Anthony Miller, who, let's be honest, Anthony Miller's got a ton of talent. He's got a ton of talent. I think he's a decent route runner. He had some issues last year where he was dropping the ball, but he was targeted 85 times last year. He had 52 receptions. Obviously, his touchdowns were down from his rookie year. Um, He only had two last year compared to the seven that he had in the magical 2018 season that we had. But um, if he stays healthy, I think he's a problem. And I know that people are like, well, he played all 16 games last year. What do you mean he's not healthy? We knew that shoulder was bothering him. We knew that. And you could tell it was evident that it was bothering him. So I, I'm worried that if he doesn't stay healthy, it's just Allen Robinson on an island out there because, uh, guys, I'm not a believer in Ted Ginn Jr. You know, I feel my guy Taylor Gabriel got did dirty. And I, I had the privilege of interviewing him um, back when I was working uh, for Sports Mockery, um, doing the Outcast podcast with my dude Juice. But we, I got to interview him and Akeem Hicks. And Taylor Gabriel, I, I thought he's a good dude. He's he's very smart when you talk to him, like very you know educated on the um, on the football field, like knows what to look for and stuff. We were having some really great conversation, and I, and I don't think that his performance last year was so bad that that Ted Ginn Jr. comes in and replaces him. I don't understand that. So I, I'm terrified, to be honest with you. I'm terrified of two very important positions on the offense being running back and wide receiver. I'm terrified of it. I I, I don't know what they're going to do. 
Um, if, if one of those guys goes down, it's going to be detrimental to that team. I mean, just hands yeah. down, it's going to be, it's going to be horrible. I think the turbo situation came down to finances. That contract was pretty uh, inflated. It was like, you know? Yeah, it was $5 million a year, if I'm not mistaken. He had like, what, three-year, $15 million deal. He did miss time last year with an injury. But, I mean, dude had four touchdowns on the year. I mean, did he justify the contract in his last year? Probably not. But, I mean, the year before, he had six, 67 receptions. He was targeted 93 times. I feel like we cut him due to an injury and it's not like we went and spent a bunch of money that we could have used on anybody. You know, I think he could have still been on the squad, but again, I'm not the, I'm not the GM. I'm just a fan that bitches in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you too. Another thing about turbo that I liked, he was awesome in bourbon a with the fans and oh, you yeah. probably saw this bus. Great mm-hmm. guy. Oh yeah. He's, he was a man. Like I said, when we got to interview him, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, pro Jersey sports over in the bowling Brook Prom- promenade mall. Um, we, we got to interview him there and, uh, he was doing an autograph signing. We were doing a live podcast. there, just providing entertainment. We got to talk to him a little bit, like I said, super smart guy. Um, I thought, I thought he was talented. I thought he, I thought he was a, I thought he was a talented wide receiver. And I do think that still right now he could be used in this wide receiver room because I'm, again, I'm not a believer in Ted Ginn jr. And I don't know if Riley Ridley's good or not. Cause you don't really get to see anything. And Javon Wims, we've heard about him since he was drafted. We don't know what he's going to give us either. So I think you need to strike while the iron's hot. Like I said, you have that great defense. You are a year removed from the playoffs where your team was dominant. I think that you need to be all hands on deck. And it just seems like this offense is very lackluster, I guess. For lack of better words, right? Jesus. Right. Hey, Dub, what you feeling, man? Well, what position group you got? I think the position I'm looking at, even with these wide receivers, I am concerned, I think, with that group there. Because all it takes is one injury, really, with that group. And it's over, pretty much, for the wide receiver core. Especially if Allen Robinson goes down, we're really doomed. We don't have any room for error when it comes down to our wide receivers. That's my take on that group. The other part I want to go that say I was concerned about, really, is uh, I'm not overly concerned because I'm not sure how it's going to look. But I was looking at our... um, you know, uh, Raycon Smith, right, looking at our uh, linebackers and seeing what they're going to bring to the table. Because, you know, we have a good line, right? Khalil Mack, we have uh, Quinn, uh, we have Hicks, right? And I was wondering if these guys, Trevathan, they, if these guys, Trevathan, can, can these guys really help us out very well than what they did last year? I know last year they didn't do too well for us. Um, had a, I guess they took a step back. But now that we got our front line there now, hopefully everyone's healthy, I think they could help us out. But, again, I don't know what they're going to bring. So I'm really looking to see. Uh, what their value is going to be to that defensive side of it as well. Because the line, of course, we know is great. Uh, defensive line looks awesome. Now looking at these linebackers, what are they going to do for us? Because now that we have a great line. Well, Trevathan hasn't been able to stay healthy. So I think that's the issue with him. Um, and when it comes to Roquan, I hate to do this, but it's just he just doesn't seem to have the focus that's required to take things to that next level in his career. Uh, but the kid has a, a lot of fucking talent. <laughs> a lot of talent. That's what they're saying. A lot of talent. But can it, can it come on the field? That's why you can see it on the field, especially with these veterans we got with Quinn and Mack. You know, can he bring it with this group? If he does, we're in good shape, though, defensively. I think our line is really going to be awesome. Then that linebacker core, then you get back to the secondary, right? So it's like this here is going to really be, again, another stopper right here. Can we stop the run, right? So I think was last year, at times last year, we had teams running through us that we oh, couldn't yeah. stop. So yeah. it's going to be those guys right there who's going to have to be able to step up and, and, and crush those gaps. Another point to think about to complement what you were saying, think about the depth at the inside linebacker position. So last year we saw Nick K, who was this lighting people to fuck up, you know, in the reserve role last year. He was huge for mm-hmm. us. 
Also, you guys probably remember the other linebacker. Uh, goodness, he left us in free agency. The other inside linebacker, he was solid too. Um, we don't have that depth this year. I mean, we have Josh Woods, who I think is solid, and uh, Joel Ibidiway. But that's the area that I feel concerned about. If if Trevathan goes down, can we trust yeah. either of those guys to step up in the middle? That's gonna be tough. Losing Krakowski and Kevin Pierre Lewis sucked. That's that's <laughs> the guy I was thinking about. Yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't happy with that. <laughs> like, I, I figured Nick was going to leave, but I was hoping to retain uh, Kevin Pierre Lewis. Obviously, it didn't happen. Uh, it would have been nice, but you know, Josh Woods coming over, and I think Iggy's going to be pretty good. Iggy's a beast. You know, he he's pretty good. I think he he has a chance to be a, a good player. Um, but yeah, I, I'm worried about that position too a little bit. Um, yeah, side linebackers. Danny just Roquan scares me with personality wise. He kind of freaks me out a little bit. And, uh, you know, I mean, and not, not trying to take anything away. You can go party and do whatever the fuck you want to do. It's your life. I'm not paying your bills or anything. You do whatever you want to do. It just makes me nervous with like, you know, it seems like he had some mental health issues last year, yep. a little bit there. And, you know, you never really figured out why he missed that game. They were very, very short and, uh, wouldn't respond really to the press. What game was that? The one in London or was it after London? I can't remember. It was, a, it was after London. Yeah. Yeah. After, yeah. And he missed that game and no one really knew why. And then as far as Danny Trevathan, I, I would like ride into war with Danny Trevathan. Like I, I would be, I, I mean, he would probably kick everybody's ass while I got my ass kicked in war, but <laughs> I'd, still ride, I'd still ride into war with him. And I'm, I hope he can stay healthy. Cause I, I love Danny Trevathan. I'm glad that as, as much as it sucked to see Kukowski leave, I think Danny Trevathan's a better football player. I know he's getting older, but I, I feel Danny is still, even though Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks are like, you know, badasses i still feel danny's the heart and soul of this defense that's just my personal opinion we say it all the time here on the pod it's, it's danny and it's hakeem hicks you know and those are the Great. guys that be out there the position group that i wanted to chat with you guys real quick about is that o-line position last year that the position took a step back mm-hmm. uh harry he lost his job it seemed like him and Nagy weren't on the same uh page as far as you know scheme and we couldn't run the ball uh, the media would talk to Nagy after games and he would always say oh i know we need to run the ball more we got to fix it but I'm like, aren't you the fucking head coach? Like, what are we talking about? So they hire, you know, Juan Castillo. And now they basically say he's going to be the wizard to turn things around. But I saw Charles Leno take a massive step back. Bobby Massey couldn't stay healthy. And then we had that weird fucking flip of Daniels and Whitehair in the middle of the season. Is that a position that scares you guys as much as it scares me? Oh, absolutely. I don't know if we were recording yet, but I thought we, we talked about like the beginning of the show, you know, about Foles standing back there and him dying week one being deceased. That's yes. going, you know, that's a, that's a position I'm, I'm terrified of. I, I understand that Cody Whitehair's numbers were, you know, a little bit better uh, as, as a center on the team and moving uh, Daniels over. But I just, you drafted Daniels to be the center and you give him like this inconsistent reps and he doesn't get to get his feet wet. You know, and it's just something that pisses me off. I don't care what all those guys at PFF say. I know that everybody looks at them as gods, but they're not because you only look at numbers. They don't watch a damn game. That was a shot thrown, and I meant that. Um, hey, <laughs> bang. <laughs> bang, bang, man. I ain't fucking playing. I'm tired of those guys. Yeah, I'm tired of those guys over there, man. Uh, I, I am, but I don't, as a fan watching from last year and being at those games, that line, you were 100% right. It took a huge setback something that surprised the shit out of me. It really did. It kind of blew me away this year. Again, even if there is an injury, like I know we could say that about every uh, position basically on this team. Well, if they get hurt at this position, we're going to be uh, in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. That is the case. But this position where I think 
honestly, guys, I think we're in trouble with how it's currently constructed. You're looking at a starting line of Leno's, Leno, Daniels, Whitehair, Avidi, and Massey right now. It's been set since the beginning of training camp. I don't feel comfortable with that. I, I just don't know if they're going to be able, especially if Foles gets back there because he's dead. It, it, I, and I'm worried about Montgomery too in that line. I am. I just, they need to come and prove me wrong. Maybe Juan Castillo is the O-line whisperer. I don't know, but I thought that Harry Heistein was a pretty damn good offensive line coach from everything that I read about him when he was hired. He came from Oregon. You know, I, I think that he had a really good mentality. I think he had a good, uh, he was a good coach and seemed like those guys really liked him. I feel that, again, I feel Nagy made that line look a lot worse than they probably yeah. were. And that might be an option here to, to say because of how long he wanted Mitch to hold on to that ball and how he wanted Mitch to be a pocket passer. Maybe they looked so good in 2018 because Mitch used his feet. I don't know. Yeah. And I would say that it was definitely the play calling because like you said, Harry came from Notre Dame. I think he was even at Oregon. Yeah. Notre Dame is prime in you, right? So I, I feel like he was the scapegoat just the, the way I see it. Um, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. He probably was a scapegoat. That's a good way to put it. I mean, they fired the OC, but who was the one calling the fucking plays? <laughs> I, I know, man. I don't even get why there's an offensive fucking coordinator. I don't. I don't understand it. I slapped the title on Nagy and I know I, man, I feel like I'm hating on Nagy so much and I shouldn't. Cause I was, I was super excited about that hire when they did it. And that was like the first time I was excited about a bears head coach hire because when they hired Tressman, I'm pretty oh. sure I lost brain cells just from like looking at his face. As soon as they did it, I knew he wasn't going to be good. And then when they hired Fox, I was pissed because look at his record before Peyton Manning. I was excited about the Nagy higher. And I just, I don't know if he got into his own head or, or what he was trying to prove last year, but I think that he cost our football team a lot of games. Yeah, he sure did. So we saw that the 53 roster was rolled out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, Were there any cuts that were notable to you guys? I was really surprised to see Kevin Tolliver's name on that list, considering that he was someone we thought we're going to buy for that open quarterback position. What do you guys think? Or or even have any thoughts on Kevin Tolliver being released? I was shocked. Yeah, I was very shocked, too, because we're not loaded at the position. And to see a veteran like him go down like that, it, it speaks a lot to Jalen Johnson. That's what I thought about for sure. If it tells us that, hey, maybe this kid's pretty good, very good to be able to be a starter. But to see that we lose him. And they're talking about bringing him back to the practice squad, though. I heard there's some reports out there about bringing him back to the practice squad. But I was shocked to see him get, get the cut because he was in competition for that role. And to see him lose the job and also be cut at the same time, it's like, wow. I didn't see that coming. So that was more of a surprise to me, a very big shocker. So I thought he had a chance to even be the opening starter for this coming week against Detroit. And then maybe Jalen Johnson takes over that role, you know, down the road. I got to piggyback off your point, dude. You're absolutely I was shocked. I I, I really was. I, I didn't see it coming. But now I've seen a lot of uh, Prince of Mukamura reports like that. It's possible he makes a return on a very, very, very team-friendly deal. I don't know. I think... I thought Tolliver was all right, you know, unless yeah. J- unless Jalen Johnson's the real deal, which, he, right. you know, I, I guess that, again, I'm not, I'm just a fan in the stands kind of guy. I'm not in the trenches, you know, but I thought Tolliver definitely deserved a job on this team. Uh, that one, that was the only one that really blew me away, to be 100% honest with you guys. Yeah, let me add one thing to that. I haven't seen Jalen play yet in a regular game yet, right? None of us see, no, there's no preseason right now. We haven't really seen him out there. This is all what he's doing in practice. So we really don't know what he looks like in a game at all. So to see that Tolliver gets cut like that, and we know he got some experience, and not to be part of the team, it just shocked the hell out of me just seeing that happen. Like, wow, I thought he had a chance. 
I feel like that's a tremendous amount of pressure on Jalen Johnson too. I really do. Like, instead of like kind of easing him in, there's no, like you said, there's no preseason. So he's just like, I mean, I, again, it's Detroit, you know, and fuck Detroit, but, um, you know, <laughs> but like, like I still feel like as a rookie coming off an off season sh- uh, shoulder surgery, I feel like it's just a tremendous amount of pressure, uh, in my opinion. And I would say too, Kevin Tolliver, when he played last season, I didn't think he played horribly, you know, right. he came in the, the backup Prince, you know, very shocking. And I'll say too, I don't know how I feel about them bringing Prince back. Like I like the guy. It was a great locker room guy, but the guy held pass interference every time. He's always getting beat. So I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about that, even if it were like on a low uh, team friendly type deal. I don't know. So the other thing I was thinking about with Jalen, though, man, uh, I know with him, he did have had surgery, right? Did he have surgery? Off yeah, the shoulder the, surgery. The seat don't even give give rid of Tolerant under those circumstances, right? I understand that he may be healthy. Jalen may be healthy. Who knows, right? We haven't seen him in the game yet. Um, but yeah, this tells me more about Johnson than Tolliver. I don't think Tolliver, like you said, I don't think Tolliver was bad. This just tells me they really have high hopes for um, Jalen. And uh, we really got to see how this is going to look. So I know in one of the practices, they were saying that um, he actually picked Foles off for um, for interception. And I'm not sure that's enough, though, to say it's a lot to pick off Foles in a practice. So, you know, is that a big deal or not? But it was more the fact that he kind of read the off instincts, right? Got good instincts. But again, we haven't seen him in a real game yet to do something like that. So I don't know if that's good enough for me to say, hey, we're only going to keep you only and get rid of Tolliver, right? Keep Tolliver, I mean, keep you and let Tolliver go. That's simple. I would say this, that we've seen the tape on Jalen from college and he's a playmaker. The kid can ball. Uh, but the NFL is a whole different ball game. And without having those preseason games, I agree with you both. That's a tough position to put a rookie in because, you know, teams are going to go after his ass. <laughs> They are. They're going to challenge him. Just with that being in mind, you know, so we talked about the notable cut that we had. Was there anybody that made the roster that surprised you or you guys were pretty good or content with the 53 roster as it stood? Personally, I was content. I, 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 the only thing that I was kind of like kicking the wheels on was like, was, was Pinero going to lose, lose his gig? That's what <laughs> I was kind of looking at again. I mean, are we, are we still, are we still fucking talking about this? Like yeah. a kicker? Like, here we go again. I'm getting pissed off, getting red faced here. It's night, it's fucking noon, and I'm already mad. Like, I just, (laughs) (laughs) we still don't have the kicker figured out. The fucking kicker that blew it in 2018 is still haunting my dreams, guys. Cody Parkey still kills me. I was at that game that was my end zone. I I brought uh, on tap Sportsnet writer Premier Amp to the game with me. He's been my best bud since we were like 14. I've never seen a grown man cry over football. Saw it that night. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. I, I'm still, we're sitting here still talking about who's going kicker. kicker. Are, like, <laughs> what, is it Eddie Pinero? Is it Santos? Are they going to bring someone else in? Like, obviously, if fucking Pinero had to compete for his job again, he's probably not that good. And you should probably look to upgrade the position. I don't give yeah. a fuck. Trade it at this point, trade a fucking draft pick. Go get a kicker that you know can help us win because we're going on three years now of uncertainty. And it's just, oh. Uh, I want to ask you this question, Buzz. Who's going, to, who's going to kick off? Who's going to be the kicker on opening day against Detroit? Who's the kicker? It's, it's we don't know. <laughs> exactly. See, no, but the here's, the, here's, here's the thing, though. He's doubtful for week one. Oh, yeah. He's got a, he's got that groin injury, doesn't he? That's right. Yeah. Oh, God, guys. See, see what well, I'm talking about? Getting rid of Santos, right? That shocks me as well because who's going to kick if he can't go? <laughs> well, they'll probably bring him back on the practice squad. 
but the problem I have with this is what Buzz said in the sense that this is a position now three years, we still haven't shored up, right? I'm not retracing the Cody Parker thing. I had to go to therapy for that, like, <laughs> over the bridge. <laughs> oh, Those are some dark times. But I will say this. Uh, Eddie Pinero has shown that the kid's got some fucking balls. He just can't stay healthy. I mean, last year he got hurt. We brought this up on another podcast. Nagy couldn't even go to him for kicks outside of 40 yards. He would have to go for it on fourth and 15 or whatever the fuck he was doing. Oh. <laughs> but I would say this. If the kid can't stay healthy, get someone in here that can get the fucking job done. You're absolutely right, dude. I mean, last year he made, what was it, like 80% of his kicks? I got to go to – see, I got to go to a pro football reference so I'm not sounding like a jag off. Yeah, it was 82%. He made 82% of his his, his kicks last year, um, his field goal attempts. Uh, I just I'm sick of, I'm sick of talking about the position. Um, I really wish they would figure it out. Like, Pinero's got some swag, no doubt, and I like him. But is he the guy? And is he going to be the guy – that can get up that can win us a ball game when it comes down to it late that our defense has held the opposing team and our offense can't do shit. And we have to rely on Eddie Pinero. Is that the guy we want to rely on? Because we did that with Cody Parkey and I'm sorry to bring it up. I know you went to therapy. I'll pay for the next therapy you have to go to after this podcast, <laughs> but um, I'm going to schedule it as soon as we get down here. I, I got you fam. So, <laughs> uh, I just, I don't, I don't feel personally, I don't feel comfortable rocking in with Eddie Pinero right now. I could be a hundred percent wrong and he could, you know, he could be fully healthy and blow us away. But as you just pointed out, he's not fully healthy with a groin injury. And that's really bad for a fucking kicker. If anybody didn't know. (laughs) Well, guys, I want to kind of uh, change gears here. I want to talk about the NFC uh, North for a little bit. When you guys look at our division, who are, uh, or is a team or teams that you guys feel are a threat uh, or to compete with us uh, for a title? The same teams from last year. I want to say the Packers. That's still a big Minnesota. Are the two teams right there? Well, the Packers were 13-3 last year. They still got the great Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they're trying to upscale their uh, wideout core with Devontae Adams. They still got him there. They talked about this guy, Marquise Valdez-Scantling, of him being able to stretch the field. So they've been talking a lot about him. They still have um, Darius Smith as their, at the linebacker. So they're pretty good defensively. Um, and they still got offense um, with those guys. And then they're trying to, you know, and, and put those guys on to position now to be um, threats going to the season. So in the offseason, they've had a good preseason. I'm sorry, a good offseason with their core group. So now they're looking like now they're looking ready to go for another run. So they're going to be a threat for us again. You know, we struggle with them all the time with Green Bay, at least these past couple of years. So, um, you know, this is going to be another challenge for us to be able to deal with that hurdle mentally. So we can get through that. I think we're in good shape. I this may agree. be Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. That'd be great. I would. I'd love to get him the fuck out of there, please. For yeah. the love of God, just and I'm sorry. I I hope Jordan Love is shit because if this guy turns out to be fucking amazing, I I don't know how much more I can take. Like this might be yeah. it for me. Um, I mean, not, not as a fandom. I mean, I will literally fucking die if he is he, fantastic. That's, that's he's going to end himself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fucking. You guys are going to see me jump off a fucking billboard or something like that. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll just be like, this is it. I'm going oh. to call it a day. I can't handle it anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I have to agree with you. I think that obviously I'm not, as I pointed out many times on this uh, podcast right now, like Detroit doesn't scare me worth shit. Credit where credit's due to Matthew Stafford, and that's like the only time I ever give them credit is I think Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. That's mm-hmm. it. Patricia's a moron. Their team just always sucks. I don't know why. I think it's just like whatever's in the water there. And then Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, like his cockiness, right? 
it doesn't scare me. He's going to throw them out of a game, so I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not worried about them too too much, to be honest with you. But Green Bay, I'm totally fucking scared of because you know you got Devonte Adams, who we know is a great wide receiver, but Alan Lazard is going to look like a Pro Bowl or two because he's second on the depth chart for them this year. He's wide receiver too, and Aaron Rodgers makes like he's got that quality in him. He's got that that Tom Brady quality, that Peyton Manning quality, where he makes his wide receivers look uh, much better than they actually are. Um, And then he gets a decent tight end this year too in Mercedes Lewis. I know that he had Jimmy Graham, but let's be honest here, guys. Aaron Rodgers isn't really a tight end kind of guy. Um, So you know, the only thing with the Packers that I think that we might have a, you know, have a key on to be able to be a little bit better than them. If our, if our offense, if, if Nagy can get, you know, half of our potential through the offense, if our defense can stay healthy, obviously their O-line is still a little bit questionable over there. It's not great. It's not bad. It's kind of in the middle. I think that, you know, if it comes down to it in a game against the bears and the Packers that Mac and Quinn are going to, are going to rage. So, but if I am worried about one team for sure in the North, it's, it's green Bay. I'm, I'm, I mean, story of our lives, right? We're always worried about Green Bay. I agree with that 100%. The Vikings, they took a lot of steps back. Fuck them, too. Um, they they lost majority of their secondary. I don't know if you guys saw, but they had some oh, serious yeah. salary cap issues. So I think I think they're also retooling for the future. So, I mean, they, they definitely are going with a lot of young guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they picked up the Jaguars. They picked up a defensive end from the Jaguars, right, uh, recently. They got a stud DN. I, I can't. I don't even, I don't even want to butcher his name, but he's a stud. Yeah, so getting him can help them defensively still. I think that they still competitive from that standpoint. They still got Thielen, right, that wide receiver, Kirk Cousins. They got a good core, I guess, a good group out there. And they play defense on and off certain games. I know the Bears have been kicking their butts the past couple of years, I guess. We've really been running through those guys. So I'm not concerned for what they do from, from us playing against them. I'm concerned because they pick up wins against other teams. <laughs> They've been pretty good at against us. They pick up these wins. It's like, wow, they got that win against them. Didn't know they would win that game. But that's what they only have done in the past, I guess, last year, what they've been done very good at doing last year. Right. Were you guys talking about the Packers picking up somebody or the Vikings picking up? Uh, the guy? Vikings did. Oh, they the Vikings got Yannick. Uh, Yannick. Uh, God, I can't say his last name. Either. Yeah. 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 Yannick, he, they got him from uh, Jacksonville, I think. And he's a he's, stud, dude. Yeah, he's real deal, dude. He's real deal yeah. for sure. But, um, you know, I, I, even how good he is, I'm still more so worried about the Packers defense. <laughs> Isn't that funny that you say that? Because when you think about the Packers, you normally don't think about that defense, but those Smith brothers. Yeah, dude. Darius Smith, Preston Smith. I mean, Jahir Alexander, you know, I mean, they're, they're a good team, man. I mean, we, we have to be honest. We have to give credit where credit's due. Their secondary looks pretty fucking good. And, and as you guys know, if your secondary is good, that's great. Your secondary becomes great when your front seven is badass. And look at theirs. Their, their, their front seven is awesome. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, the, the Packers have a very good team on paper. That There's no fucking doubt about it. They were talking highly about that guy named Rashawn Gary. They were talking highly about him, about what he's going to bring to the table as, that, as one of their linebackers. So I want to see what he looks like as well uh, with, with, with that team. They've been saying that about him since they drafted that kid out of Michigan. So we'll see if he finally turns the corner. What do you guys, what's your prediction for the Bears wins-wise uh, for the season? Best case and worst case. Oh, God. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got my attention, Buzz. Yeah, my, like, you know what's funny? Like, I haven't had a question this whole podcast where, like, I had a, that 
that like you guys get the butterflies in your stomach when something like is freaking you out a little bit. That's felt like I was going to throw up. I don't know if that was from the drinking yesterday or just because like I'm nervous to answer this question, <laughs> but like I got that <laughs> feeling. So it's like, ah, oh, dude, honestly, like best case scenario, boys, I think 10 and six best case scenario, because again, I don't want to give any more than that because the offense, I don't know the, I mean, the defense themselves won eight games last year. I'd say 10 and six best case scenario. I think worst case scenario, seven and nine, maybe. Okay. I'll say that. I'm not going to go six and 10. I, I think they're, they're, their defense is too good to lose six games. Um, I, I'd say seven and nine just because, you know, um, it just makes more sense in my head right now. But 10 and six, hopefully a wild card spot is I don't think that's enough to win the division. Um, I don't think that they can win the division just because of the offense, man. If you would have talked to me last year at this time and after like, you know, and I've always been horribly pessimistic when it comes to the Bears. They just piss me off so bad. They make me like the worst fan that I ever am. Like when you see little kids with their little bear hands walking by, I want to fucking super kick them. Because I'm just like, you know, they've all, they've done nothing but let me down my whole life. So I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm like, don't, don't set yourself up for failure, kid. This is, this is the worst. It's the absolute worst. But like going into 2019, I was flying high. I was talking major shit on Twitter to anybody, just major shit that we were going to be like fucking, you know, 16 and 0, bitch. Super Bowl. That's it. Yes. I can see the first Super Bowl win I've ever seen in my life in Chicago because I wasn't born for 85. This is it. And uh, obviously that didn't happen. So I say 10 and 6, best case, <laughs> 7 and 9, worst case. Let me ask you, Buzz. So, what would what would bring that seven and nine prediction? What what would be the worst case scenario? What what do you see? What happened with the team there? Is that what you're thinking? We'll have a quarterback flop situation, or what are you thinking? I'm thinking the defense can't account for the offense every game, and that's and that's what I'm thinking. Um, you know, this is going to be the second year in a row that the defense is going to get taxed, just like what you brought up earlier in the podcast when you you know all those three announcements that you were talking about last year, keeping the defense on the field that much. It's going to fuck these guys up, man. I don't care. I don't care if you're young. I don't care if you're, you know, that's, I don't care. Like being on the field that much, that's fucked up. Not to mention you have two games against a high power offense, like the fucking Packers, you know, like, I mean, it's just, the schedule is not easy. I don't think it's a, a, a you know, a, a, an easy schedule. You're having Tampa Bay come in here. I mean, for God's sakes, dude, you got the Colts with Phillip fucking river. I mean, you got a, it's not an easy schedule. It's we not. got the Titans. We got the Titans too. Right. You're looking up. You got the Texans. You, yeah. you know, I mean, like I can ch- I can put like two for sure wins on here. Oh, dear Lord, football, God help me. But uh, Detroit and fucking Jacksonville, like, okay, I know we're winning two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the, the, it, you have the Falcons too. This this schedule is rough. So if the offense can't be at least serviceable and keep the defense halfway fresh, that's why I see a seven and nine record coming. Because honestly. Like I told you guys, if Mitch loses a starting job, I'm predicting he loses it week three. That's I put that out on Twitter. I'm going to stand behind that. I'm And then Foles is going to come in, and everybody's going to be like, well, at least they're giving Foles a shot. And then exactly what we talked about in the beginning of the episode, he dies within three snaps. And then it's back to good old money Mitch. So then after that happens, that's seven and nine. That, that's seven and nine. So um, best case scenario, everything I just said was fucking bullshit, and I'm wrong. And they do all right. And yeah. they and they overexceed expectations for me, and they do ten and six wild card playoff spot, perfect. But with the offense currently constructed, and not only the question marks around our quarterbacks, but our head coach as well, boys. I don't, I don't know. I, I just that I don't know. That's why I say seven and nine is worst case. If they lose more than that, I'm gonna be really fucking upset. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be yeah. really upset. How you feeling, A Dub? I disagree slightly. I agree with this points, but I disagree slightly with the records. 
Now, okay. if I gave case scenario for us, I gave nine and seven. Okay. Teams don't work out, as you all mentioned, who did you already? Tampa Bay. They look good on paper. They can't win every game, though. Look good on paper. Tom Brady, they retooled. They look good on paper. Green Bay, we might catch them slipping early. Possibly we can get one out of them. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But they could slip early with their offense. Because, you know, like with them, they don't start cooking with offense until later down the season, really. Titans, right? We got them. Their run game is strong. Can we stop that run game with the Titans? Uh, the Saints, we got them. You know, they, they've been great. They've been airing it out for, for years. <laughs> Nothing's going to change with that. Can we keep up? You're right. We're going to need offense to step up to help us out with that game. And then Houston, Texas. You know the battle right there, right? <laughs> you already know the quarterback battle right there. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You don't hear it? I got to bring it up. Mitch, you got something to prove. You got to, Mitch. You got to circle that game when you count to Mr. Biscuit. If you're playing, you got to circle that game. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have a great game or a bad game. I'm just saying that typically the hey, that's the game he circles. It's a must win for Mitch. Not a must win for Chicago Bears. It's a must win for, for Mr. Trubisky because you know what? He's been going against this guy. This has been the comparison, right, for the past, what, years since the draft. Watson <laughs> and you. The okay. other guy, Mahomes, gone to a whole other level, right? Mahomes gone to a whole other level. I don't mean to cut you off, but I have to ask right now. And this is a straight up question. Do you see any dog in Mitch Trubisky or did you see a confident, happy go lucky? It seems like he's kind of an airhead kind of kid. Uh, no offense, Mitch. If you ever listen, I'm sorry, but you're kind of, <laughs> but I don't see dog in Mitch. I don't either. Deshaun Watson lives for this shit. Yeah. Right. I agree. He's built for it. And, he's built he, for it. and he's going to, and he's going, he's got that circled on the calendar. Now it doesn't matter if fucking Texans are undefeated. It doesn't matter if they lost every game. He has yep. that one circled on his calendar because he even made, if someone drafts Mitch Trubisky over me, they're messing up guys. We're going to watch murder. It's going to yep. be a murder. I, and I don't yep. care how good the defense is. Deshaun Watson is going to do some shit. And yep. I'm, yep. I am fucking terrified. I am terrified of Deshaun Watson. He's going to fucking kill us. And again, I'm going to be laying outside somewhere, probably in, you know, a drunken days crying <laughs> because he's going to fucking kill us. And I am, I am terrified of him, man. I'm terrified. I'm with you because that's one of the games I thought the bears would lose. And that's part of the upside. I gave them the most wins they can get is probably 10 and six. I thought for this year, because you're right. I don't know what the offense going to break. I really don't know. We're all optimistic about it. I don't know Montgomery's injury, what that's going to be for him. Uh, what's going to, how many games he's going to play. Right. We don't know our running backs, what this is going to look like. So with all this, I'm still up in the air with it. I don't know which team we're going to get offensively on the field. Now, we can talk about what we're going to get, you know, um, down the road, what we're going to get from our defense. But our defense is probably going to score for us a lot, I believe. But that's not enough. At some point, we're going to need our offense to step up. Because, again, some of these teams we're going against got pretty good lines. Got a good, pretty, pretty good offensive line. It's going to make it very tough for guys like Hicks to get in there. For Hicks, Mack. You know, uh, Quinn, it's going to be tough. There's always games like that, right, where our defensive line just can't get through right away. So we're going to need our offense to step up. And those games right there, I put them on camera. I circle those games. Against Green Bay, against Tampa Bay, against Houston, Texas, against the Titans. Can we beat those guys? That's the question right there. Can we beat them? We can beat them. Guess what? The the best we can get, best case scenario, 10-6. Worst, I can see you saying 7-9, but I gave us 9-7 because we're probably going to beat Detroit. Minnesota probably going to really cook them as well, which we've been doing for the past couple of years. We just got that number. So I kind of gave us nine and seven based upon that. Yeah, that's fair. I think I'm a, I'm 10 and six uh, on the season for me. And, and to you guys' points, I'm not going to basically hit on, because you guys made really solid points. I think 10 and six, if Mitch does what Mitch needs to do, the defense stays at the top five level, Nagy runs the fucking ball, we'll be fine. 
Worst case scenario, I has a, have us at seven and nine. And I just think that that's, if we have another season like last year, which God, I hope not, no. but if, I see seven and nine, if, if it's anything like that. If we have any issues with this quarterback situation, the offensive line has injuries or Charles Leno is still a turnstile, we're fucked. And so I see seven and nine in our future there. Can I add one thing to you guys on this whole quarterback thing? Absolutely. This is not the first time we've gone through a quarterback scenario like this before. You all remember getting Rex Strosman and your boy, <laughs> Kyle Orton, right? This is nothing new here, man. We've been through this. We won games at the time frame, too, right? Even with Kyle Orton and Rex Strosman, who's going to be our quarterback, we ended up winning going to the Super Bowl, even though it didn't work out for us. But we had that problem going on then. Now we got that same problem going on now with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, but I, I, and that's a good point. But I have a little bit more, or I had. We have to use past tense here. I had a yeah. little bit more faith in Lovey Smith than I do Matt Nagy. Agreed. Um, okay. You know, I, you know I, I, I did, and I still do. I mean, I love Lovey Smith, man. That dude was fucking real deal. I, I, I miss him. Um, yeah. You know, I did think that maybe it was time for a change. You know, I mean, you guys know the shelf life of coaches. We get it. We understand. We're yeah. NFL fans. We understand it, but. Him losing his job after a winning season still leaves a piss poor taste in my mouth. And um, ten and six, right? Yep, ten and six. Yeah. And it, 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 everybody loves to blame the GMs on this team constantly for decisions and stuff like that. But it all starts with Ted Phillips, and he can he can just go fucking kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, sweaty that, Teddy, right? So the, exactly. Yeah. So that's why I feel more. Um, I I. I, I during the grossman and i was young during that time obviously but i mean i remember it very well i'm 29 i remember that time very well but between orton and and, and grossman i feel like lovey smith was it was at the time a better head coach than matt Nagy is right now and i could be wrong but i don't think i am i definitely agree with you because that's two that's two we're comparing apples and oranges with that scenario yeah. there you know because i would say this aw you're right we have dealt with this whole quarterback shenanigans in our past as Bears fans, but this shit here is different, man. This, this is a whole different scenario. But right. I will say this. I'm happy to know that we do have an insurance policy this season in Foles because last year, right. it's fucked up. We had Chase fucking Daniel, who was a great podcaster, just, I don't know, not a great uh, backup quarterback. So I agree with that part. Yep, good point. We got someone that's going to step in. He was so bad, and it just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I got I got the fucking flu watching him. Like, I got AIDS. <laughs> I, like, he was so fucking bad. And I remember when everybody's like, "Oh, we got Chase Daniels, the backup." I'm like, "We're excited!" Like he's the one giving Mitch advice on the sideline. Am I the right. only? Am I the only one who thinks this is fucking crazy? Yeah. I know, right? Like he got paid for being a nice guy. I'm a fucking nice guy. Kind of like I want to get paid. I can go yeah. tell Mitch, hey man, you probably should have hit that pass. <laughs> you know, I, right. I don't know. But but you're but you're still awesome, bro. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mitch, you're still you're still doing great. I appreciate it, Chase. Thanks for the thanks for giving me the heads up and the confidence. Yeah, fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that to me is I think where you guys both made points about foals earlier, and I think that's the only saving grace, I think, is just having that insurance policy because we don't do, we do know that Foles can come in in a reserve role. I'm just not confident in him as a full-time starter because we see his history, history with the Chiefs, the Jaguars. He's just not effective in that full-time role. Yeah, and, and it's not that I'm trying to take anything away from Nick Foles, guys. Like I think that he's had, like, and to your point, A-Dub, that you made in the beginning of the show, that magical playoff run, I mean, let's be honest, that was probably some of the best football I've ever fucking watched. 
Right. You know, I mean, he, he was unbelievable. And I know it was years ago. It was a couple of years ago, but you know, he's only 31. He doesn't have a lot of miles on him. You know, I just, he's not mobile. I understand that he was in the, in the, in the system. He, he, he's actually played with Nat, you know, with Nagy before, you know, he comes off the Andy Reed coaching tree type shit. He understands all of this. That's great. But I just don't know if, if they are true going back to the beginning of the show, if it's true that Mitch actually beat him out, are we really confident? I mean, yeah, we're confident in him as a backup, but are we really confident that if Mitch loses the job, that it's going to be Foles time and he's going to, you know, pull out big Dick Nick. I, I just don't, I don't see it. I'll end you all with this part here. I'll end you all with this part here. For $24 million, it better work. <laughs> <laughs> you could have went and had Cam for pennies on the dollar compared yep. to that. You're at, you, I, I hope you're right. $24 million better be some fucking good motivation. <laughs> Let's not forget that fourth-round pick that was thrown in the mix as well. Oh, man. It better work. <laughs> I'm mad so, again. Before we get out of here, Buzz, before, you know, I have to schedule this therapy appointment and just before we <laughs> kick off the rest of our uh, Labor Day weekend, I wanted to briefly talk about the week one matchup against the Detroit Lions. Going into this matchup, what are the keys that you guys see for the Bears uh, winning this game? Um, obviously, so <laughs> it, it, it's easy for me. I mean, it, again, I think Detroit's really bad and uh, – I think the bears are a one up on them going to a dubs point. Like that should be an easy dub. Um, you stop Matthew Stafford, you stop Galladay and you stop Marvin Jones. So where does that start? That starts with your front seven. We need to disrupt them immediately on the, on, you know, the defensive side of the ball. We need to get to Stafford early and often try to make them establish somewhat of a running game and their running game ain't all that great. DeAndre Swift, Kerryon Johnson. I know they just brought in AP, but AP is not the AP that used to run all over us, guys. It's not. It's he's not. Got one, he's got one foot. Yeah. Right. It, it's not him anymore. So our our defense needs to start early and often. Getting, you know, I want to see blitzes. I want to start, you know, make make Galladay and Marvin Jones, which they're fully capable of winning, you know, one on one matchups. Send in blitzes, disrupt Stafford immediately because they're one dimensional. Their running game ain't shit. I believe if I'm not mistaken, boys, uh, Deandre Swift is fucking questionable for week one. So again, what it's going to make them a passing team immediately. So we need to, again, attack Stafford early and often. And then as far as the offensive side of the ball, Detroit's defense doesn't really scare me at all that, you know, they need to come out and they, uh, establish a running game. Let's get a running game going. Let's get some play action established and, uh, you know, play up to Mitch's strengths. Please don't make him a stationary pocket passer because that is not the most effective Mitch Trubisky there is. So I think the bears do win this game. Um, and I think that they do it quite handily because I think that, you know, Pagano on the defense is going to get to Stafford, disrupt him and uh, they're one dimensional on offense. So if they can't score, they can't win. I agree with you on that. I think when I look at this lions team, they have a questionable defensive front. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this would be the perfect game for us to see what this offensive line and this run run game looks like. I think we need Steve to fucking try to get the run game going. Uh, we need to get Mitch in rhythm, try to get this guy's confidence going in the right way because the first two games of the season, let's just be honest, we have the Lions and the Giants. Neither of these teams are world beaters. These are the games that is going to help Mitch gear up for the season. So I think we need to run the ball. I think that would be, for me, the key to the winning this game. Play action after you run the ball. Um, don't know who the hell is going to be the running back in week one, but whoever it is, pound the ball, right? Get Mitch moving in the pocket. 
I don't want to see him just standing in the pocket. Let Mitch move outside the pocket. He's thrown nine touchdowns over one interception in his last three games against the Lions. So he obviously knows how to beat this team. Uh, to your point earlier, Buzz, you, you, you didn't basically have a lot of respect for that success against the Lions, but I just think that when I look at Mitch and what he has, he has confidence against this team. So run the ball, control the clock, let the defense basically be the catalyst, and let's get out of there with a W. That's just what I see for week. For sure. What you got, a Dub? I will say two things. I agree with you all share. This is how I wanted to look, though. Uh, we can get Mitch in good field positioning. The smaller the field, the better it is for Mitch. He plays better in shorter field. But we can get him to that situation from our defense standpoint, put that pressure on Matt Stafford, that, that sets him up for success. So, and therefore, we can get some scoring, some more scoring opportunities for Mitch. And I think that gets him more in the rhythm with a shorter field. But we can do that. Of course, we already know with their team, the Lions, they don't have a good run game, at least for week one. You already mentioned alluded to it. They just got Adrian Peterson, not the same guy. You already talked about the fact of uh, their running game doesn't look too good with injuries already. So that part, they got to throw it a lot of times, really. So I'm looking at how many times we're in the sub match effort and also our field positioning, where we're going to be at. Again, where we are with that is going to dictate how well Mitch plays. That's a perfect point, man. And, and, and to Buzz's point, we just got to put Matt Stafford on the ground because once you start hitting that guy, he's going to start yep. throwing the ball off of grabs. We, we've seen Agreed. that with him in his history. So that's just going to be the key. The defense is going to have to put him on his ass, flat out. Get that pressure going. They're going to throw it 50-plus times. Well, I will tell you, they got a fucking stud in that Galladay. Galladay and even Marvin Jones, too, dude. They're both really good wide receivers. They load it on the outside. They load it. First, you got to go on Stafford. You got to get it on him. He can't throw it even once. We gotta, got that pressure on him. We have to give credit where credit's due here. Let's not forget their slot wide receiver, who's always a pain in the ass to deal with, and Danny Amendola. Yeah. Also, TJ Hawkinson. He's he's nothing to uh, you know to to you know sleep on as well. Right. Yeah. They have a good offense. They do. It's just yeah. again, they're one dimensional because it's all through the air. If you get to Stafford, and if he gets hurt, you guys know who's coming in, and he is going to lead them to the Super Bowl. That's Chase Daniel. I'm just fucking kidding. He's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's that was a lot of time last year, though. He was playing like an MVP candidate last year, and so he got hurt. Yeah. I think he had like 15 TDs early, going for like 2,400 yards or more. Um, he was looking very good before he got hurt. So I think you're right. We got to stop Matt Stafford. We have to. Yep. No, that's going to be definitely the key. Well, fellas. This is a fun episode, Buzz, man. Thanks for pulling up with us, brother. This was really dope, man. We really appreciate it, man. Oh, of course, man. Like anytime you guys want, you know, uh, just, just, you know, feel free to reach out or even during the season, if I can get this TV installed outside, you guys are more than welcome to come on over to the cave, man. Hang out outside, drink some beers, watch a game, chill out. You know, I'm not, I'm just south of Joliet. I'm not far south of Joliet. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I ain't ain't far from y'all. So. Watch a game, have a good time, crack some beers, order some beggars pizza, and hopefully watch a Bears dub. There you go, a dub. We're gonna take them up on that, man. Then we could do our we could do our show after we well, after we pull up. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. I got all the equipment to make it happen too. Just right here, man. We all do it and have a good time. That's what's up, man. Say less. We are definitely there. We'll figure it out. <laughs> For sure, absolutely. All right, well, cool. A dub, sign us off, man. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sanchez podcast. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. On our next episode, we will be recapping the week one matchup against the Lions. Bear Nation, come bear down with us. Peace.